This episode is sponsored by Realtor.com, who wants you to take advantage of your free profile on Realtor.com. By claiming and completing your free profile, adding a photo, and all of the information that puts you head and shoulders above the competition, you're on your way to receiving free leads, helping search engines find you, and staying top of mind with past clients. To learn more about claiming your free profile, go to realtor.com forward slash profile. Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our special edition of the Real View Ohio Policy Talk. So we're really excited about this new spinoff of the Real View podcast. You all have welcomed the show with such open arms that we wanted to try something new. So each month we are going to be featuring different guests to highlight what's going on at the local, state, and federal level when it comes to policy affecting the real estate industry. So make sure to look for this special edition once a month coming to you guys in addition to our weekly Tuesday podcast. But this is our first episode, so we're kicking it off. I'm really excited to be having on our show. I think it's a great way to kick off the Ohio Policy Talk podcast. Our special guest for today, Secretary of State Frank LaRose and the Ohio Realtors Director of Government Affairs, Andrew Huffman. Guys, welcome on to the show. Well, hey, thank you so much, Allison, and great to see you again, Andrew. Wonderful time last week with the realtors here in Ohio at the Horseshoe. Absolutely. Uh, Mr. Secretary, thank you for attending that event and then for all you've done for the state over the last number of years. It's been great working with you. So today we're going to um, be talking about an exciting new opportunity that's offered through the Secretary of State Office and the Division of Real Estate. So we're going to be talking about receiving some CE credit if you are signed up as a poll worker for the upcoming elections this summer and fall. If you all remember, we did do this a few years ago, but we're going to just talk a little bit more about the details, really dive into the process, learn a little bit more from Secretary LaRose about just his role and the work that he does, and then how realtors can take advantage of this opportunity. I mean, who doesn't love and enjoy getting new ways to receive that CE credit. But Secretary LaRose, I want to kind of start with you. Maybe tell us a little bit more about your background. You have a long history of public service working in this industry. But for individuals who may not know you or be familiar with you and kind of what you do there, could you give us a little bit of background on your career journey, your path, what got you to where you are today? And maybe talk a little bit about some of your roles and responsibilities and what you do as Secretary of State. Well, Allison, thank you. Yeah, I grew up in the Akron area and had a great upbringing. In fact, uh, grew up in Copley Township, had the chance to work on a farm as a kid and was really active with the Boy Scouts. In fact, it was my Boy Scout leader who probably inspired me more than anyone else to enlist in the Army. And I, I uh, enlisted when I was 17 and left for basic training right after high school graduation when I was 18. My Boy Scout leader was a World War II veteran. We actually just lost him last year after a long and very full life at 98 years old. But Bill Miller 
was an incredible man and my hero. And as a kid, I got to hear stories about liberating a concentration camp around the campfire, you know, at Boy Scout camp. And so I said, I want to be like that when I grow up. I want to contribute to a cause greater than myself. And so uh, that was, uh, I never looked back. I enlisted in the Army, had the chance to serve as an engineer with the 101st Airborne Division, deployed to Kosovo, actually got to spend some time as part of a counter-narcotics task force on the U.S.-Mexican border, which was a very eye-opening experience and and uh, something that, you know, is obviously still relevant today. After four years on active duty, I was recruited by the Special Forces, and a guy from my church had reached out to me and said, have you ever thought about becoming a Green Beret? And I remember thinking at the time, like, wow, no way. There's no way I can do that, but I should try. And I I figured at least I could say I I gave it a try. So I went down to Fort Bragg and and tried out for the Army Special Forces. And somehow, by the grace of God and a little bit of hard work, got selected for their training and then went through two years of training, became an Army Green Beret and and had a wonderful six years serving on an SF team, Special Forces team. Got to travel all around the world with my best friends, including combat deployment to Iraq, but a lot of time in Africa and the Middle East. It was a wonderful experience. And honestly, I learned a lot in the Army. I had a great education, but I knew that at some point I needed to get a formal education. And so I decided after that 10 years on active duty that I would go to Ohio State and earn a business degree. And so I went to OSU and started doing that. And as a non-traditional student, I was too old to join a fraternity. I would have been like the the oddball at 28 years old. <laughs> so I... Uh, I kind of fell into the social circle of working on political campaigns. I met some some folks that were doing that, and I thought, wow, this is intriguing, this process for how we choose our leaders and set the course for the future of our state and our communities. And so I was really intrigued by that. And when I graduated from Ohio State, I had this degree, and my heart was telling me to run for office, and my head was telling me to go earn a living in business. And you can see I followed my heart instead of my head, which I've often done in life, and I'm glad I did. I ran for the state senate in an unlikely when I was not expected to win. I was running as a Republican in a very Democratic district, but I won in 2010 and spent eight years in the state Senate and really enjoyed working with the realtors as well as many other great Ohio business groups and others. And, and then ran for Ohio Secretary of State, was elected to that in 2018. Little did we know at that point that I was going to be the first Secretary of State in Ohio's history to run a presidential election in the midst of a global pandemic, which we we worked through with the help of realtors and and really millions of other Ohioans that stepped up. And just last year was reelected to a second and final term as Ohio Secretary of State. So I love this work. It comes down to this. I always joke that the average person thinks that the Ohio Secretary of State must be in charge of negotiating peace with Michigan. Uh, of course, you know that uh, as a proud Buckeye, I would never negotiate peace with Michigan, but that's not what the <laughs> Ohio Constitution authorizes me to do. And, and really what the two things that this office does focus on on a daily basis is helping people vote and helping people start and run a business. And so in that sense, two things that are foundational to our way of life as Americans, the right of free people to participate in their democracy and choose their leaders, truly something foundational and something that I embrace and love every day. Uh, And then also the ability for people to engage in the private sector, free market economy and start and grow a business, live that American dream of entrepreneurship. So those are the two things that we do in this office. And I'm happy to say that we've broken records on both. We've had more people voting in our elections during the time I've been Secretary of State than ever in Ohio's history. We're proud of the massive turnout we've seen in Ohio elections and, by the way, elections that Ohioans know they can trust. And that's something that we work at every day. But also, we've seen record-breaking new business formation, people stepping up and saying, I'm going to do that very courageous thing 
of starting and growing a business. And so we're happy to be there to facilitate both. And I'm honored to do this work. Yeah, no, I think that's really great. And thanks so much for sharing a little bit more about your background. I always love getting to know a little bit more about people, you know, outside of what they do currently. And I'm a fellow Akron, Ohio uh, girl myself. I'm from Barberton. I was born and raised there. So we're kind of neighbors in that sense. So very cool in that aspect. Okay, I think we should kind of maybe transition a little bit into the CE opportunity that's up and coming. Andrew, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that and maybe share and explain what's what's coming up with the CE credits? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Secretary LaRose, you know, the last year, the Division of Real Estate allowed licensees to receive three credit hours, CE credit hours for volunteering as a poll worker. We were pretty excited about that. And uh, we, we were able to get that permission again on June 7th, the Real Estate Commission, once again, for three CE credits for volunteering in either one of our two elections upcoming. Can you kind of explain the elections that are coming up, one in August and one in November? And you hit on it a little bit about what your office does, but I know so much work goes into making sure we have uh, fair elections and efficient elections. So can you kind of tell us what your office does and, and about the elections coming up? Yeah, thanks, Andrew. There are two more elections coming up this year. Of course, every election is important. These are uh, very important ones. There is a special election this August. The state legislature has always had the power to set the time, place, and manner of elections. That's what it says right in the state constitution. And so throughout uh, our state's history, they have taken that opportunity to have special elections for certain purposes. In this case, they're holding a special election to consider a constitutional amendment. I, for one, I'm a big supporter of it because I think that it would allow Ohio to finally be in line with what other states do, and, and that is to elevate the standards really for, for amending our state constitution. It, it, it's currently really pretty easy to amend the state constitution relative to other states. Most other states have a higher threshold. As you know, the U.S. Constitution, for example, requires a 75% vote. All you know, all the states have to consider it. 75 of the states have to ratify an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The state constitution, however, only requires a 50% plus one vote. And so uh, what issue one would do is allow Ohio citizens to continue to have the process to change the law by doing what's called an initiated statute. That's still a 50% vote. Ohioans can repeal laws they don't like that are passed by the General Assembly. That's called referendum. That would still be a 50% plus one vote. All that issue one does is elevates constitutional amendments really where they should be at a higher level and requires that there be a broad bipartisan consensus. When we're talking about something as foundational as changing our state's constitution, you shouldn't be able to do it with a bare majority. You should have to build a larger coalition of Ohioans. That's what most other states do, and that's what issue one would do. So that's what's being considered on the August ballot. And then, of course, this November, we have local elections. And, and you know, I know that we all focus every four years on who's going to live at the White House, but who works at the courthouse and who works at the schoolhouse and in your city hall, that probably has a bigger impact on your daily life, certainly in the profession of, of realty, in sort of the, the rules of your community and how that community works, the level of taxation, the way law and justice is, is delivered in your community. And so uh, these local elections that occur in these odd numbered years, like 2023, are a very impactful exercise in democracy. And we hope that people uh, continue to get out and vote in large numbers, and we hope that a lot of realtors will sign up for the continuing education credits that they get by being a poll worker. So let me describe that really briefly. We, at the beginning of my administration, way back in 2019, started this 
conversation about how do we recruit more poll workers? It was a well-known fact that a lot of the people that have been election officials for many years were starting to be a little bit older and we needed to try to bring in a whole new generation. Well, it's a good thing that we did that work because when 2020 came, that had to get accelerated. Think about this. It takes about 40,000 Ohioans to run election day. Every election day, multiple times a year, we open about 4,000 polling locations right on time at 6.30 a.m., and they run all day, and they close at 7.30 p.m., and then we tabulate those results, and we give them to you on election night. None of that happens by magic. It happens by the hard work of about 40,000 Ohioans. Now, Andrew, think about this. We were in the horseshoe last week. If you look around at that building, it's like 110,000 seating capacity. So think about that place half full. And that's the number of poll workers that it takes, half Republicans, half Democrats, all patriots that do this work. So one of the many programs that we came up with, we've got a thing called Youth at the Booth that gets 17-year-olds to sign up to be poll workers. I've got a thing for my fellow veterans that I call answering a second call to duty. We've got a thing where, where folks can volunteer to be a poll worker and then give their poll worker salary, which you get paid a couple hundred bucks usually for doing it. You can give your poll worker salary to a charity of your choice. But for professionals in professions like real estate, we started what we call Give a Day for Democracy. And what this allows professionals to do is to spend a day being a poll worker. It's a great learning experience. First of all, you'll come away as a legitimate election expert. You'll know why I can say without hesitation that in Ohio, it is easy to vote and hard to cheat. We've got the safeguards in place to protect the process, and it's very accessible and convenient for Ohioans. So it'll be a great learning experience for you on that. You will, among your circle of friends, become the person that can help debunk whatever crazy conspiracies folks may have about elections, and that's valuable. It's a lot of fun, and it's rewarding. And I think when you go home from that long day as a poll worker and you flip on your TV at 8 or 9 that night and you see the results scroll across the bottom of the screen, you'll have a real satisfaction knowing that you were the one that helped deliver another free and fair election for the people of Ohio. And as an added bonus, you can get continuing education credits. And this makes so much sense. We've worked with several professions, librarians, lawyers, social workers, and of course, uh, accountants as well. Realtors can earn continuing ed credits for signing up to be a poll worker. It makes a lot of sense. These are people that are known for their work ethic and creativity and professional ethics and standards that they abide by as realtors. They're known for their relationships within the community. And you will see a lot of your clients and friends as you are working the polling location as a poll worker. And so it makes all the sense in the world for realtors to be working as election officials alongside of your fellow Ohioans, and you'll get continuing aid credits for doing it. So the place to sign up is on our website at voteohio.gov. You just go to voteohio.gov, you click there, you put in a little bit of information. You'll be contacted by your board of elections, they will train you, usually on a Saturday or an evening. Sometimes it's like at the county fairgrounds or the county office building. They'll have you come out. They'll go through about three hours of training, so you'll know exactly what you need to do to be successful. And then they'll assign you to a polling location, or they may assign you as one of the reserved like backups in case somebody calls off sick if you're later in signing up. And you'll be ready to go on election day morning to go out there and run your polling location, again, along with a group of your fellow Ohioans. And then on election night, you'll gather up all that material and you'll get it down to the board of elections. And again, I think you'll have the satisfaction of knowing that you helped deliver a great election for the people of Ohio. And just so our listeners know, again, this would be three CE credit hours of core law for any real estate licensee that, that serves as a poll worker. 
for either the August election or the November election. So it's a pretty exciting incentive program. And just the fact that you know you played a direct hand in ensuring a, a fair and free election, I, I don't think there's a better feeling in the world. So, Andrew, one thing to add, and, and I know I, a lot of realtors work as independent business owners and that kind of thing, but if you're an employee as well and you have you know certain work hours that you have to work, you may want to check with your HR department because I know that a lot of businesses are willing to give an employee a free day off. Again, that give a day for democracy idea. Some call it civic time off or CTO, but check with your HR department because they may be able, just like you give a military reservist the day off to go do their military reserve obligation, a lot of companies are willing to give a free uncharged day off for employees that sign up to be election day poll workers as well. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-license course locations. That's a lot of great information. And I know, you know, I see the poll workers when I go in to vote on election day and, and the different things that they're doing, because there are a few different roles and responsibilities that you can have being a poll worker. Could you kind of walk us through what kind of some of those roles and responsibilities look like? I know I see some people, you know, asking for my driver's license, making sure, you know, I'm on the list to vote. I'm in the correct location. I, and, you know, you see some people, you know, walking you over to uh, the voting booths and making sure, you know, you're signed up on those. Could you tell Tell us a little bit about some of the different things that our members could be doing if they sign up as a poll worker. Yeah, the primary jobs are there's usually a group of greeters at the door. And it's also important to mention everything's bipartisan. In Ohio elections, it takes a Republican and a Democrat to do anything. It takes two people to screw in a light bulb at your board of elections, basically, because you need an R and a D. And that's good. We keep each other honest, but work well together in a, in a friendly and collegial way as well. So there's greeters when you arrive. There's the folks that run the check-in table. That's where you have to show your ID. They verify your signature. They make sure you get the right ballot type. People sometimes take this for granted, but the people that come into your polling location, they may have four or five different ballots depending on what precinct you live in. There may be a local levy in this part of town, but not in that other part of town. There may be this school district in one place and not another, maybe a local liquor option to consider a new liquor license in the community, a lot of different things. So make sure you get the right ballot to the right voter. And then there are helpers that help if somebody has questions about how to use the voting machine or if they need to you know, re resupply the stock of paper in the ballot printer, all of those kind of things. And then there's the person the most fun job is the person that hands out the I voted sticker at the end, because even though we're all a bunch of grownups, we'd love to get our sticker and we should be proud of that and, and show that off that we that we voted that day. And so there'll be the folks that pass out the sticker on the way out the door as well. I know that's a favorite person. I am always I'm like, yeah, this has to be the most popular person at the elections is the guy with the guy or the woman with the sticker. Right. <laughs> oh, and do, do you even absolutely. Vote? Yeah on social media, you know, that sticker that, uh, that, that proved that you actually voted. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I know some folks and I, I had a, a, a friend that said that uh, his grandmother 
who is a stickler for making sure everybody in the family votes makes you show your I voted sticker before you can come to the family dinner on Sunday afternoon that they do in their family. You, that's the entry fee to get into grandma's house for dinner is you got to show your I voted sticker. I love that. That's awesome. Secretary LaRose, are there any deadlines that are coming up to do this? Because by the time this podcast airs, we're going to be probably right at that month mark out from the August election. How short of a timeline do we have to work with? You know, when should we be making sure that we're getting this done and that we're signing up for our poll worker responsibilities? So now's the time to sign up, quite honestly, because the boards of elections are training people as we speak. It'll be a rolling thing. There may be some boards that are still looking for people just a week or two before the election, and we'll be helping them get those final ones signed up. But really, within a month or so of Election Day, so by early July, the boards of elections are going to be trying to have their full allocation of of poll workers. And so uh, now would be the time to go to VoteOhio.gov. A couple other important deadlines, registering to vote. And of course, all of your listeners are active in the in their business and active in the community. So I'm sure they're all registered to vote. But if you're not and you need to maybe update your address, you have until the 10th of July to go to VoteOhio.gov and update your voter registration or get registered and think maybe you've got a client that you just sold a new house to. You need to remind them to update their voter registration. Uh, maybe you've got a kid in your neighborhood that just turned 18. Maybe it's the young man or woman that, that babysits your children or mows your grass or whatever else. Remind them that they need to get registered to vote before July 10th if they want to vote in this August 8th special election. There's a 30-day window before Election Day where you've got to be registered to vote within that. And then right after that, beginning on July 11th, early voting is underway. And that means in person at the Board of Elections for four weeks. That also means absentee. I know a lot of people travel in August, and so you could go to our website, voteohio.gov, right now and print off the form to request your absentee ballot. You could mail that request form in right now to your Board of Elections, and then you'll be among the first to get that absentee ballot sent to you in the mail. And so, again, the one-stop shop for all of that, signing up to be a poll worker, getting registered to vote, printing the form to request an absentee ballot, or finding out where your voting locations and hours might be, all of that is at voteohio.gov. Yeah, lots of lots of good stuff to know. So make sure if you guys are listening, mark those dates down in your calendar. And if any of you guys do want to take advantage of this opportunity, and we really encourage you to do it, I mean, easy way to get those three core law credits. Really, really fun, as, as Secretary LaRose mentioned, really fun way to do this, to interact with your community, to see your clients. I mean, how cool would that be if you saw, you know, some of your clients there at your polling location? So we hope you will want to take advantage of this opportunity. And as Secretary of State mentioned, you want to first register at that voteohio.gov website. That will get you all signed up through the Secretary of State's office. But then you have to do a second step to make sure you are registering your CE credits with the division. So you will want to submit a certificate provided through the Division of Real Estate for those CE credits. This is located both on the division's website. We have also posted it on ohiorealtors.org. It is in the buzz section of the website. So make sure to check out that too get your certificate for the CE credits because you will need to complete that um, in addition to signing up through the Secretary of State's office. So check that out. Make sure you are all set with that. But there are other ways, too, that you all can help support Election Day in your communities. Secretary of State, tell us a little bit more about other roles and ways that realtors can get involved with the elections. You know, I was thinking about this when Andrew and I were together at the event at the Horseshoe last week. And of course, 
one of the, the, the best things about realtors in our communities is the deep relationship that they have with their clients. Your, your realtor is your trusted uh, advisor when it comes to buying or selling a home, working through the challenges of this market with interest rates and constrained inventory and all the other things that realtors help their clients deal with. But one of the things that realtors also help their clients deal with is the transition into a new home and out of an old home. It's always a little bit of a chaotic time in anyone's life. I've been through it many times myself through my military years and then moving here around Ohio. And one of the things I know a lot of realtors do is provide a checklist for all the things you need to do when you move into your new home turning on the utilities, forwarding your mail, you know, all the different steps. One of the things that I would encourage realtors to do is check through that list that you've put together for your clients and make sure that one of the things on there is registering to vote or updating your voter registration address. It's easy to do and it should just be on that checklist of things. When you move to a new home, when you move to a new address, you should also go to voteohio.gov and update your voter registration address. It's so easy to do, it takes about two minutes voteohio.gov. Just make sure it's on your post-move sort of check-in list that you give to your clients. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just another thing to add, another resource, another just a way that you all can connect your clients with the new community that they're going to be moving into, making sure that they're getting registered to vote in their new home is so, so important. So I want to thank both of you, uh, Secretary of State and Andrew, for joining me on this special edition of the Real View Ohio Policy Talk. It's been really fun and really great to get to know a little bit more about our elections. I learned some some new stuff, too, in, in the sense of how elections are run and kind of the what all goes into it. I don't think, you know, just the average Ohioan might know really what all goes into making sure our election days are a success. So thank you all both for joining me and for explaining a little bit more about this exciting opportunity we have up and coming. Well, thanks, Allison. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to Ohio's realtors for all they do. It's been a dynamic environment over the last few years, again, with, you know, constrained inventory, with interest rates, with dealing with the global pandemic, but all through all of that, Ohio's realtors have been doing what they do best, and that is serving their clients and keeping uh, keeping our economy growing. So my hat's off to all of them. Thanks, Allison. And thanks, Secretary, for everything that you do to make sure we have a, a fair and free election, like you said. Uh, a lot of work goes into it. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. And as I mentioned, you know, this is a new kind of spinoff we're doing from the Real View podcast. So if you all have ideas or there's certain things going on in your community that you think would make for a great podcast episode when it comes to Ohio Policy Talk, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. We hope you enjoyed our first episode and we can't wait to be back with you again soon. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time.